what happens when we don't have time to watch that movie everyone is raving about? Reading the synopsis is a great way to be in on the current pop culture. But what happens if it is a bad synopsis? Can you base the movie off of what you read only? We'll find out on today's reading of Bad Movie Synopsis. And welcome to another episode of Bad Movie Synopsis with your host David Carr. Today we are going to be reading the synopsis of Remo Williams' The Adventure Begins, which was released in 1985. It is an interesting movie. Uh, The facts that go with it are pretty interesting as well. The one thing I'll mention off the top is that apparently it was meant as a competitor to the James Bond series, which is why it's The Adventure Begins in the title. I have not read this synopsis yet, so I don't know if it would actually be interesting enough to compete with the James Bond franchise. Obviously it didn't, because this is the only one made. So, we will go ahead and read through this, and see how well the person did write the synopsis. Sam McCone is a New York Police Department cop. One night, he breaks up a mugging, and then is pushed into the river in his car. Sometime later, he wakes in a hospital with a new face. McCleary, the man driving the vehicle that forced Mac Con into the river, tells him his new name is Remo Williams, based on the name on a bedpan, and that Remo now works for an organization that doesn't officially exist. I just have to... Based on the name of a bedpan. Seriously, the head of a secret organization can't come up with something better. I can just imagine the camera in that scene going and panning from the bedpan over to him as he says in deadpan, your name is Rima Williams. Don't look at the bedpan over there. <laughs> anyway. Oh, goodness. This is, not, uh, this is not good for this movie. To continue, McCleary says Remo is ideal because he has no family and has military background. Remo steals an ambulance, but Mac isn't it. He takes Remo to meet Harold Smith, the head of the organization Cure. Smith tells Remo that the government is corrupt, and Remo will be their troubleshooter. Smith has computer access to all networks, and Mac is his liaison. Mac takes Remo to a building and tells him to kill the man inside, handing him a pistol. Remo slips in and finds an elderly Korean man, but no one else. He realizes the Korean is his target and tries to kill him, but he's too fast. The man is Chun and his traitor. Chun is able to dodge every shot that Remo aims at him and eventually disarms him. He moves with amazing speed, throwing Remo into a nearby piano. Mac enters and asks for a quick assessment. Chun tells him that Remo is in horrible shape, has little hand-to-hand ability, and poor reflexes, but there is a glimmer of hope. Wow. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not complaining about the synopsis just yet. I'm complaining a little bit about the movie. Um, there's some more fun facts that go along with the Korean character, but anyway, we won't go into that right now. I just... Oh, man, so many cliches. Just too many cliches. Hmm. To continue, Smith researches George Grove, a defense contractor with criminal suspicions, especially on the HARP defense system. He notices someone trying to access the same information, Major Raymer Fleming. She tells her boss, General Scott Watson, oh, I just recognized, Major Raynor Fleming was is played by Kate Mulgrew, who is also, if, I don't know if you know this, but the captain on Star Trek Voyager. So now I'm actually interested in seeing at least pictures from the movie. I'd be curious because this is when she would be a bit younger because I think she was a captain in Voyager. She was in her 30s, I think, and that was in the 90s, mid to late 90s. It's always interesting seeing um, actors when they're younger. Like they have, 
you know, like Helen Mirren, for example, she has a lot of films she was in when she was younger, but, you know, you think of Helen Mirren and you think of her in her more advanced years, uh, playing this regal type of lady, uh, and then when you watch her when she's a younger actress, it's like, uh, you know, I'm not being totally fair because I could, I haven't watched a ton of her earlier works, but it's, it's just interesting with any actor, you know, Carrie Smith, Brad Pitt, I mean, you see Brad Pitt on this cameo with friends, it's like, wow, who is this really thin and scrangly looking young man on the sitcom? <laughs> anyway, back to the back to the synopsis. So he he um, notices someone trying to access information, Major Rainer Fleming. She tells her boss, General Scott Watson, and reminds him that she will be attending a weapons demonstration by Grove. Rima begins his training. June tells him he is a practitioner of an ancient fictional martial art, Sinanju. His demeanor is rude and harsh, insulting Remo at every turn and is restricting his diet to rice. However, Remo gradually comes along. They work on balance and breathing, and mutual respect begins to develop, although Chun won't admit it. Remo gets good enough to dodge bullets and run without leaving tracks. Wow. Impressive. Now, to continue, the Grove Weapons demonstration shows grave flaws with the weapons. One of the soldiers is killed during the exercise when his weapon, a variation of the Steyr AUG, Chad, I have no idea what that is. Please tell me in the comments if you if that's a real weapon. When it backfires. Fleming is suspicious, especially after she finds the weapon's bolt and notices that it was mangled during the backfire. Grove tells General Watson to bury the report. Grove defends himself when asked about Harp, mentioning the CD-18 demonstration planned for the following week at Mount Promise. Grove gets annoyed with Fleming and asks Stone to trail her. Stone gets photos of Fleming, Remo, and Mac, and Grove orders him to kill Remo. Rima notices Stone's diamond dental work, too. Rima uses his new skills to defeat several men hired by Stone atop the Statue of Liberty, but Stone escapes. Rima complains to Smith and Mac, and they tell him they all have an escape plan. Rima's is death by Chun. Hmm. He obviously angered, he's obviously angered by the news, sometimes it's hard to read these things, and walks out on Chun. Mac and Rima infiltrate a Grove warehouse, battling extremely clever dogs and ravenous rats. Remo finds a satellite, which is subsequently destroyed by lasers, alerting the guards. They escape, but Mac is shot in the back. Mac gives Remo a computer disk for Smith to analyze and is captured, but commits suicide before telling Grove any information of importance. Smith realizes Harp is a fake and a waste of resources and money and tells Remo to go after Grove. He meets Fleming at Mount Promise, and they are locked in a steel gas chamber by Wilson, one of Grove's goons. After watching the two nearly unconscious from the gas, Stone dons a mask and walks to the chamber to finish Remo off. Remo grapples with him briefly, ripping his mask off and using Stone's diamond tooth to cut the glass to escape. Wow. Just wow. To continue. During their escape from the facility, they find Chun and steal a truck with no brakes. Remo and Fleming jump out, but Chun cannot open the door. He's dazed but otherwise unhurt and inadvertently calls Remo my son. Remo contains his mission, calling Chun little father. The military chase Remo and start firing at him. Remo rides a tree trunk being pulled through the woods on cable. He drops the log and overturns the jeep with Grove and Watson, then races to the lake to escape. He dodges bullets fired by Grove and disarms him. He tosses Grove on the jeep and lights it on fire, walking away. It explodes, killing Grove. On the beach, Remo finds Fleming who tells him Chun went looking for him. They seem Chun surrounded by troops. Suddenly, Chun runs across the water to the dock, telling Remo, you must run very fast. Fleming asks who they are, and Remo responds by saying, would you believe we're the good guys? 
They sail off, Chun saying they must hurry so he can catch the latest episode of his favorite soap opera. And that, my friends, is the reading of this synopsis. So, <laughs> before we get to the interesting facts, which, by the way, of course, as always, the link is in the description of the episode. Let's rate this synopsis. I'm going to have to say I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. It might be a little high. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. The problem is that the movie sounds so bad that I don't know if it's the synopsis itself that's bad or if it's just the movie that's bad. Now, I do give it a 6 because, I mean, the writing of it is okay. There's obviously there's some sentences that don't make much sense. They're hard to read. Um, I don't really feel like I'm seeing the movie whenever I read the synopsis. I don't feel like I can imagine it very well. I mean, there's some that parts that, yeah, okay, I can kind of see it. But lines like battling extremely clever dogs and ravenous rats. Um, how do you even imagine stuff like that? <laughs> I'm, seeing, I'm seeing dogs in uh, monocles and top hats being very clever about shooting guns or something. I don't know. So the synopsis wasn't extremely well written. Um, it doesn't really give me enough information about the movie to help me make a decision. I mean, it is based off James Bond. And having seen those, it kind of gives me a bit of a base to gauge this off of. But beyond that, I just, I don't feel like, I don't feel like the synopsis does the movie much justice. I feel like there's some parts where it shines through a little bit. But, I mean, overall, obviously, the movie wasn't a very good one because it didn't um, warrant a sequel. So, yeah. Six out of ten. We'll go with that. All righty. Ten fun facts that you didn't know about Remo Williams. Now, I already mentioned the first one about it being uh, close to... I mean, they're trying to compete with James Bond. Um, I, I think a lot of these fun facts are not necessarily the best. Because, again, this is one of those um, films that is... It wasn't very good. So, <laughs> why would you spend a lot of time making fun facts? Now, I do want to mention, like I said, about the Korean uh, actor in there. It actually was played by uh, a gentleman that was very concerned about offending the Korean population. But the art, the person, and I, I can see the picture here that they have of the, the Korean actor. And it, it looks pretty good. I mean, it's, it's impressive. Does it actually hold up in the movie? I don't know, because I haven't seen the movie. Um, but the guy that they wanted to have play was very concerned because he didn't want to offend the Korean population, but that they did this makeup on him and apparently transformed him to look like this guy, which was pretty impressive. Uh, another thing, so apparently it took four hours to, to make that transformation. And, you know, if you don't know much about makeup artists, they're, they are amazing people. They can make things. I was watching this thing about um, makeup artists who add fat roles to people and make them look bigger um, and it's just impressive what, what you can do with this makeup to to enhance a scene in a movie I know a lot of, especially nowadays a lot of people like to think that CGI handles a lot of this stuff but honestly if you can get it realistically in camera without having to do CGI one, it'll save you a lot of money potentially, and two, it just tends to look better uh, tends to <laughs> Uh, let me see. The iconic, this is the other thing I wanted to mention. The iconic Statue of Liberty scene did not happen overnight. They actually did this 
on the Statue of Liberty. Now, they had to negotiate with the government and act, you know, to, to get up there. It took them a long time to do that. And they asked, one of the restrictions was is they could not touch the statue itself, which apparently in the movie, I mean, we just read the synopsis, they touch it and battle on it and all those fun things. So they built a replica of the top half of it, and they used that to, and apparently it's in Mexico City. <clears throat> and they used that for those scenes. Now, I thought that was really interesting, because you know, there's, there's always these landmarks you see in, in films, and you just you wonder how they managed to film on those locations. And so apparently they managed to do this, because they were already doing re- renovations on the Statue of Liberty, and the scaffolding was there, and everything was ready, so they just... They let him do it. And one of the reasons is because Dick Clark was um, key to those negotiations because he agreed to appear in a Statue of Liberty public service announcement. And if you don't know who Dick Clark is, uh, go, go and Google it. But he was a pretty pretty big person in society at that point in time. But anyway, that is all I got. The synopsis for this one was short and to the point, uh, not extremely good. Like I said, 6 out of 10. Uh, it did a decent job, but not an amazing job. The movie itself looks like it was terrible. And the fun facts are short and not very interesting, to be honest. So, yeah, that is the synopsis of Remo Williams' The Adventure Begins, or, well, didn't begin. Thanks for joining us, and we will catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. Please like and share this podcast. Join us each week for new episodes of Bad Movie Synopsis, where we read movie synopsis and discuss how well they were written, plus other interesting movie facts. Thank you.